Welcome to the Yaroki Zero Games Podcast, Episode 21, Today in Geek History, Part 2. So, for a second time in a row, I have a podcast that's not particularly a proper RPG podcast, but a compilation of what I've been working on with the uh, Today in Geek History, which is part of I Want to Be an Awesome Robot, the book I'm working on. Uh, The good news is that uh, I've now finished doing this utter insanity of doing a brief daily podcast every single day of one year. Um, I still need to finish some stuff for the to get the book done, but but at least, you know, I'm not going to be taking up all of my time in front of the microphone recording bits of untrue bits of geek history. Although I'm still going to do some because I want to keep posting to the uh, geekhistory.tumblr.com blog. Uh, I'm going to be posting up excerpts of, from other parts of the book, as well as uh, I'm hoping to start doing a thing where people send me questions and I write weird nonsense based on that. Uh, with that said, let's get started. I really hope you're about ready for a good 90 minutes or so of me spewing weird stuff. Today in Geek History, July 1st, 2005, influential Nintendo CEO Hiroshi Yamauchi leaves the company. Eyewitness accounts claim he unveiled a new hybrid car that runs on the tears of small children and drove back to his home in Kyoto. Today in Geek History, July 2nd. Today is World UFO Day. On this day, UFO enthusiasts gather to watch the skies, or, failing that, have weird little parties where they drink neon green cocktails and play frisbee. Today in Geek History, July 3rd, 1996. The Stone of Scone is returned to Scotland at long last. The whereabouts of the Stone of Jam and the Stone of Clotted Cream remain unknown. In case you don't know, in England, scones are traditionally served with jam and clotted cream, which is actually really tasty. That's the joke. Anyway. Today in Geek History, July 4th. Today is America's Independence Day during which we commemorate how secret President Bill Pullman led America to defeat an invasion of aliens who, for whatever reason, have Linux-based computer systems. Today in Geek History, July 5th, 1996, the world's first full-fledged clone, a sheep named Dolly, is born in Scotland. This kicked off a cloning revolution, and scientists have since cloned several other sheep, horses, cattle, and Charlie Sheens. Today in Geek History, July 6th, 1959. After a furious game of Tennis for Two, the world's first graphical computer game, Barry Sutherland receives a punch card from his older sister Rachel Sutherland. When he decodes the punch card, he receives the message, I totally pwned you, noob. Historians recognize this as the first recorded instance of pwnage. Today in Geek History, July 7th, 1978. Taito releases Space Invaders a science fiction video game that dares to pose the chilling question, what if we were invaded by aliens who move back and forth as they slowly descend and we had but one spaceship to shoot back at them with very slow bullets? Today in Geek History, July 8th, 1974. Ufologists claim that this is the day when a flying saucer crash-landed in Roswell, New Mexico, but the truth is much stranger. The government clumsily claimed that the wreckage was in fact a weather balloon, thereby giving the Russians a hint about Project Montgolfier, a secret military project intended to produce a capitalist potent enough to bring the communist regime down 
but compact enough to fit inside a small helium balloon. Today in Geek History, July 9th, 2008. Florida lawyer Jack Thompson, who staunchly opposed violent video games on the basis that they inspired terrible violence in our nation's youth, is disbarred by the Florida Bar following lengthy disbarment proceedings. The mere fact that legitimate science has not found any link whatsoever between video game violence and real violence did not deter him in the least. The Florida Bar found his contact to be immature and, in the words of prosecutor Sheila Tuba, like some kind of goddamn 12-year-old internet troll on Reddit. No, not even Reddit. It's like he's from Dig. Anyone remember Dig with two Gs on the end? It's kind of the predecessor to Reddit, but worse, somehow. Anyway. Today in Geek History, July 10th, 1856. Nikola Tesla is born in the village of Smiljan, wherever the hell that is. Uh, in 1882, he started working for Thomas Edison, but felt smothered by Edison's insistence on direct current. In 1886, Tesla started his own company in New York, Tesla Electric Light and Sorcery, but the battle with Edison would rage on for some time. Today in Geek History, July 11th, 1986, actor Shia LaBeouf is born in Los Angeles. When asked if he regretted his role in the Transformers film, he replied, No, 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 no. Today in Geek History, July 12th, 1979, Comiskey Park in Chicago hosts Disco Demolition Night, allowing attendees to participate in a black magic ritual intended to exorcise disco from American popular culture. Occult disc jockey Steve Dahl hosted the ritual, but had not anticipated that the anti-disco sentiment would have drawn more than 90,000 people to a 52,000-seat stadium. By all accounts, the ritual was successful at its stated goal, but the excess psychic energy made the assembled disco records explode in a fury of shattered vinyl and mental screams. In the aftermath, several people suffered severe memory loss, and not just about disco, and Comiskey Park had to be rebuilt, now under the new name of U.S. Cellular Field. Fearing the implications, the World Nerd Council swiftly put a ban on the genre death rite, and brings particularly harsh penalties on any who attempt it. Today in Geek History, July 13, 1940. Happy birthday, Patrick Stewart! Born in Mirfield, somewhere or other in England, Stewart became a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company in 1966, but to nerds, he is most notable for his role in Star Trek TNG The Next Generation as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Although the two have since become friends, his first encounter with William Shatner reportedly went poorly. Shatner told him, A real captain has hair. And Stewart replied, Then I shall be alert for the presence of a captain who has some of his own. I am not good at impressions. Today in Geek History, July 14th, 2008. The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan's second Batman movie, debuts in theaters. In the World Nerd Council, there's a movement to proclaim it the best movie ever, but a week of debate led the council to releasing a statement that The Dark Knight is, quote, a really, really good comic book movie, though Iron Man was great too, with each word capitalized. Today in Geek History, July 15, 2006. The new social media service Twitter launches. It allows users to post all manner of text-based messages of 140 characters or less, and has since become a global phenomenon. The project was originally called Twitter, T-W-T-T-R, 
and the very first tweet was, just setting up my Twitter. Fortunately, the second tweet was, at Jack, are we seriously calling it Twitter? Because that's really stupid. Hashtag just sayin'. Today in Geek History, July 16th, 1969, the world watches as the Apollo 11 mission that will be the first time human beings set foot on the moon launches from the Kennedy Space Center. Contrary to what conspiracy theorists have been saying, this moon landing was not a hoax, and neither were the others that followed. However, there was another conspiracy at work. By 1968, NASA had already sent several missions to the secret moon, or SMOON. Today in Geek History, July 17, 1988, Katsuhiro Otomo's Akira, an animated film of Otomo's manga of the same name, premieres in Japan. It was the first taste of anime many Americans had in the early 90s, and many people liked it despite the fact that they couldn't figure out why the one guy who'd been tweaking out the whole time turned into a giant blob thing, or what the hell was going on with those creepy, wrinkly, green-skinned kids. Today in Geek History, July 18, 1967. Happy birthday, Vin Diesel! Born Mark Sinclair Vincent Albert Propane Jingleheimer Smith, the star of such films as Fast and Furious, Chronicles of Riddick, and The Pacifier is among the rare celebrities to publicly admit to playing Dungeons and Dragons. He has played the game for more than 20 years and has a tattoo of Melkor, his drow witch hunter with double specialization. Uh, this refers to his ability to both drown and burn witches. He also founded a video game development house, Tygon Studios, in order to compete with Steven Seagal's Liger Games. Today in Geek History, July 19, 2007. A woman in Maryland receives her pre-ordered copy of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows a few days before the official release date. Publisher Scholastic reacts to this by sending one of their enforcers to deliver the Avada Kedavra death curse on her and reclaim the book. Fortunately for the woman in question, it turns out the curse in question is not actually a real thing. A real death curse takes about 18 hours to cast and requires about $170,000 worth of material components. Uh, other publishing houses have adopted more modern assassination methods, and Scholastic's R looks rather foolish. Today in Geek History, July 20th, 1984, 20th Century Fox releases Revenge of the Nerds, a film that takes place in a time in the distant past, before geeks were in any way trendy, and back when fraternities, with names made up of Greek letters, were actually relevant to university life. Today in Geek History, July 21st, 1954, J.R.R. Tolkien's epic fantasy series Lord of the Rings is published, forever shaping how the fantasy genre would be portrayed from then on. However, it was not initially as successful as the professor had hoped, and a second printing almost entirely in non-fictional languages came on the heels of the original Elvish version. Today in Geek History, July 22, 1959. Ed Wood's infamous Plan 9 from Outer Space comes out in theaters. The movie, which starred Lyle Talbot, Vampyra, Tor Johnson, and stock footage of Bela Lugosi, concerned aliens trying to stop mankind from developing a doomsday weapon by doing something with making zombies or whatever. Wood's Mormon financiers insisted on several changes to the film, including dropping the immoral title Grave Robbers from Outer Space, 
eliminating all use of foul language, and deleting a scene of Tor Johnson's character, Inspector Daniel Clay, cross-dressing and wearing a pink Angora sweater. This last, Ed Wood rescued from the cutting room floor and kept for his own purposes, until it was destroyed in a house fire in 1973. Today in Geek History, July 23rd, 2009. After drifting through subtime, Lincoln finds himself in San Diego, just in time for Comic-Con. He finds the great mass of over a hundred thousand nerds terrifying, but the shock of the Timenado seems to have damaged his time shifter. He is trapped, and he will not be able to fulfill the mission that Jefferson encoded on the back of the Declaration of Independence. He is not left to his thoughts, though. Many people ask to take pictures of his great steampunk Lincoln costume. The convention is overwhelming, and Lincoln despairs of what to do until Ray Bradbury takes him into the convention center. Today in Geek History, July 24th, 2009. Other Comic-Con attendees trying to snap a picture of that amazing giant crab costume are devoured by History Crab, their entire lives ripped from history itself and consigned to the oblivion of unbirth. Today in Geek History, July 25th, 2009. Just as History Crab believes he has at last caught Time Lincoln, he finds himself surrounded by dozens and dozens of Time Lincolns, and among them is Cory Doctorow, who organized this Time Lincoln flash mob via Twitter. Doctorow gives the president a 3D printed flux capacitor to replace the malfunctioning one in his time shifter. Doctorow does not tell the president how he knew. He does not tell Lincoln about the letter that would never reach his beloved Mary. History Crab, meanwhile, makes the mistake of wandering too close to the Twilight panel room and must return to the Zero Hour to regain his strength. Today in Geek History, July 26, 1989, Robert Tappan Morris is the first to be indicted under the Computer Fraud Act for creating the Morris Worm, which caused substantial damage to the fledgling internet. Morris himself claimed that he hadn't intended for it to be so dangerous. It was only after he was in jail that the Morris Worm revealed its intent to take over the world. Luckily, in 1989, robots were much too lame for world conquest. Today in Geek History, July 27, 1938. Ernest Gary Gygax is born within walking distance of Wrigley Field. According to the official histories of the World Nerd Council, on this day a deva appeared in the sky over the hospital, and three grognards came bearing gifts of dice, miniatures, and beards. Today in Geek History, July 28, 1844. Napoleon Bonaparte's older brother Joseph dies in Florence. Although Napoleon accomplished far more as a general and a leader of men, he lamented how he could never beat his brother at Settlers of Catan. Today in Geek History, July 29, 1972. Happy birthday, Will Wheaton! Born in Burbank, California, Wheaton would attain geek fame slash infamy for his role in Star Trek The Next Generation TNG as Wesley Crusher, a young man who was on the Enterprise mainly because his mom worked there. Shortly after the series ended, Wheaton offered Paramount a treatment for a spin-off series called Sparks McGee, and uh, you can see sparksmcgeeadventures.tumblr.com for some Sparks McGee concept art. 
This would feature Wheaton himself as a badass in a cowboy hat who strode around the Enterprise, kicking butt and getting laid with his space bitches. Executive producer Rick Berman found the idea interesting, but Paramount wouldn't approve it in its original form. By the time the studio executives finished with their changes, it had become Star Trek Voyager. Today in Geek History, July 30th, 1930, Uruguay, a country in South America, wins the first Football World Cup, a thing sort of like the Super Bowl, but for soccer. This event represents a nadir of comprehensibility for the average American nerd, which has since only been exceeded by the success of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. Today in Geek History, July 31st, 1965. Happy birthday, J.K. Rowling. Born in Yate, Gloucestershire, England, Rowling became the author of one of the most popular young adult fiction series in the world. Contrary to popular belief, she does not practice witchcraft herself, but rather uses psionics. Today in Geek History, August 1st, 1981. Music video cable channel MTV goes on the air. The first song they air is Video Killed the Radio Star by The Bugles. But this is because an error in the studio led to David Bowie's song, MTV will do all in its power to murder music as we know it and I will watch and laugh, not airing. Today in Geek History, August 2nd, 1975. On the weight of the available evidence, the World Nerd Council recognizes Dungeons and Dragons as certifiably nerdy. The drunken revelry during the celebration at the TSR offices leads to the design and publication of the Western gunfighting RPG Boot Hill. Today in Geek History, August 3rd, 2010. Emily Davis, a high school student and fanfiction writer from Ontario, Canada, attempts a crossover between Harry Potter, Twilight, Star Wars, and A Game of Thrones, with extensive shipping between characters. She completed three chapters before having an aneurysm. She survived with medical treatment, but the shipping centers of her brain have been damaged beyond repair, such that if she thinks too hard about any two characters getting romantically involved, she will smell burnt toast and faint. Today in Geek History, August 4th, 1961, President Barack Obama is born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Yes, in Hawaii. Deal with it. Elected to office in 2008, he was not only America's first black president, but America's first nerd president, as evidenced by a predilection for reading and his ability to recognize the Vulcan salute offered by John Hodgman. Although other presidents have displayed some nerdy inclinations, such as George W. Bush's appreciation for the Star Wars movies and Grover Cleveland's fondness for steampunk goggles, Obama has proven the nerdiest so far by a substantial margin, and his critics frequently accuse him of wasting time playing D&D with his cabinet when he should be governing the nation. But to be fair, Secretary of the Treasury Timothy Geithner is apparently a fantastic DM. Today in Geek History, August 5th, 2000. Sir Alec Guinness, known to geeks for his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars movies, dies of liver cancer. This made him more powerful than you can possibly imagine as evidenced by Ewan McGregor's frequent visions of Guinness quietly judging his acting ability from beyond the grave. Today in Geek History, August 6th, 1996,
Bantam Spectra publishes A Game of Thrones, the first book in George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, and it becomes a tremendous success. At Lone Star Con 2, the 1997 World Science Fiction Convention, a reenactment of the titular game, a particularly deadly form of musical chairs used when the royal succession came into question, ended in tragedy owing to one participant having brought a recreation of the Iron Throne as depicted on the book's cover. Today in Geek History, August 7th, 2007, Anastasia Pounce, a young catgirl entrepreneur, begins marketing Four Neko, a pre-canned catnip-based alcoholic beverage. Forneco has come under considerable public scrutiny in recent years, but is still available in most states. Today in Geek History, August 8th, 2002, Gen Con erupts after the dramatic revelation that the Rod of Seven Dice that Monty Cook had been carrying around is in fact a fake. The fate of the real Rod remains unknown. Some say Gygax was later buried with it, while others cast suspicious glances at Kevin Cook, proprietor of DiceCollector.com and owner of the world's largest collection of dice. Today in Geek History, August 9th, 1992. Uh, this is something of a typographical joke, so I'm going to try to pronounce it to express the joke as best I can. Or you can look down just below this and read it, and it'll make more sense that way. Ahem. Seeking to cash in on the fighting game craze that Street Fighter II kicked off, Midway releases a bloodier take on the genre with Mortal Kombat. In the game, you put a coin into the slot to get a credit, and then select one of several characters and progress through a series of bloody, murderous martial arts matches consisting primarily of leg sweeps. Players who lose have the option of putting in another coin to get a credit so they can continue. Get it? Because they, it's Mortal Kombat with a K, and they use the K for everything, and it's dumb. Anyway. Today in Geek History, August 10th, 2000. Wizards of the Coast releases the third edition of Dungeons & Dragons. This is the first new edition of the game in over a decade, and the first since TSR's collapse. Fans of prior editions find every deviation from AD&D 2nd Edition to be a horrifying abomination. Though in 2008, they suffered a kind of collective amnesia phenomenon that made them completely forget that they had ever found anything wrong with 3rd Edition. I wonder what could have caused that. Today in Geek History, August 11th, 1962. Spider-Man, one of Marvel Comics' signature superheroes, makes his first appearance in Amazing Fantasy number 15. In his oft-retold origin story, a bite from a radioactive spider grants Peter Parker not leukemia, but spider-like superpowers. Today in Geek History, August 12th, 1981, IBM releases the IBM 5150 Personal Computer, the progenitor of the Intel Windows Home Computer platform. This device had no hard drive, came standard with 64 kilobytes of RAM, had metal casings that made the overall system weigh over 300 pounds, and ran on diesel fuel in the snow both ways uphill. Today in Geek History, August 13th, 2010. One of Mark Zuckerberg's clones, codenamed Sarah One, stars in a film adaptation of Brian Lee O'Malley's Scott Pilgrim comic. Today in Geek History, August 14th, 2008. 
This was the day we launched Made the Role-Playing Game, a Japanese tabletop RPG translated by yours truly. The game has had its share of controversy, though. It is a game about the lives of immigrant women who clean hotel rooms in Southern California, uh, though we included the optional rules from supplements for playing as a bellhop, as well as the alternate settings for Florida and the Caribbean, and it drew accusations of cultural appropriation. Today in Geek History, August 15th, 1974, shortly after his resignation as President of the United States, Richard Nixon boards Space Force One one last time and flies to the moon, never to return. For all we know, he may still be up there, watching us and waiting. Today in Geek History, August 16th, 1977, Elvis Presley's third clone dies in Memphis, Tennessee. This second-generation clone was particularly degenerate due to the primitive cloning techniques of the time and suffered serious health problems that led to his demise. The original still resides on Io, one of the moons of Jupiter, but that's another story. Today in Geek History, August 17th, the year 20XX. Amid the ruins of San Jose, leveled by Google's android army, Herr Dr. Aaron Clooney, minutes from a grim fate, determines that the only way to save the city from its silicon slaughter is to send a clone of himself back in time, guaranteeing twice the brain power to stop the androids. The child was born safely in the past, but due to the rippling effect on history, the staggering job market in the revised timeline would prevent the new Aaron from taking up his true calling in the field of plasmoid internet robotics. He did, however, learn to write humorous calendars. It's true, I took a minor at San Jose State for that. Today in Geek History, August 18th, 2007. Attendees at TrekoCon in Albuquerque, New Mexico, are shocked to see what appears to be James Doohan, the actor who played Scotty in Star Trek, alive and well. The national news media is present when it turns out to have been a very skillfully made cake with a photorealistic fondant coating. No one present is willing to eat any of the cake, except for William Shatner and Peter Mayhew. Today in Geek History, August 19, 1989, Nintendo releases the Game Boy Portable, which proves extremely popular. The American version comes with a Tetris cartridge, except for a special edition, which includes a copy of Dead Poet Society Sonnet Smackdown and a limited edition book of poems. Today in Geek History, August 20th, 1882. The 1812 Overture debuts in Moscow. Tchaikovsky's piece commemorating the Battle of Borodino is notable for the fact that it called for actual cannons as part of the percussion. Tchaikovsky earned a worldwide audience, and his music has inspired many other composers since. In particular, John Williams' soundtrack for Home Alone included the piece The Wet Bandit's Fall, which called for the sound of a paint bucket hitting the human head, and the soundtrack of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull included a piece called Nuke the Fridge that used certain chord patterns from the 1812 Overture and also called for a small nuclear explosion near the end. Today in Geek History, August 21st, 2010. Patrick Fuller of Garden City, Idaho, claims to have discovered the image of Gary Gygax in a random spillage of Cheetos on his floor. He has since cordoned off that room and charges $10 to view the image, Though business has suffered since the discovery of the image of Isaac Asimov in a cinnamon bun in Lubbock, Texas. Today in Geek History, August 22nd, 2005. 
At last, bowing to pressure from fans, Universal Pictures releases Serenity, film that continues the story begun in the short-lived Firefly television series. The film was a contentious affair, and agents from both Universal and Comedy Central had to join forces to wrest Firefly and Futurama from Fox's clutches. Unfortunately, with Fox's private security forces closing in, the Joint Strike Force could do nothing for Briscoe County Jr., True Calling, Greg the Bunny, The Tick, Brimstone, Lone Gunman, Millennium, Space Above and Beyond, or Arrested Development. Today in Geek History, August 23rd, 1980. The 13th Gen Con gaming convention in Wisconsin ends in tragedy when a special 12-sided die made of meteoric iron rolls a 13 and summons the dreaded cosmic horror Shub Todeth. Today in Geek History, August 24th, 1995. Microsoft releases Windows 95, a new version of its graphical OS that is integrated with MS-DOS rather than running on top of it. During development, Microsoft was using the codename Chicago for the new OS, but late in development, Steve Ballmer realized that it had the potential to be a success worldwide and not just in Illinois. That visionary leadership is why in the year 2000 he succeeded Bill Gates as the CEO of Microsoft. Today in Geek History, August 25th, 1967, Gary Gygax holds the first Gen Con gaming convention, an intimate gathering in his own home. After a night of wargaming and drunken debauchery, Gary invites his guests to take on the dungeon he has built in his basement. Of the twelve guests, only a handful survived. Today in Geek History, August 26, 1940. Uh, this is another one that calls for me to do an impression, so again I apologize. In a world of multi-million dollar blockbusters, a world of questionable bookkeeping and thrilling adventure, one man, born on August 26, 1940, became the voice of a generation of movie trailers. That man was Don LaFontaine. Though often imitated by uh, Pablo Francisco and Frank Caliendo, LaFontaine was unequaled in his ability to provide voiceovers for the thrill ride of the summer. Today in Geek History, American theaters host 3D-only screenings of an extended cut of James Cameron's Avatar movie, uh, not to be confused with Avatar The Last Airbender, the dramatically less cliché animated series from Nickelodeon. This new version is longer by 9 minutes, mostly expanding the sex scene between the white savior character and the native girlfriend character. Cameron contends that this was a very tasteful and necessary addition to the movie's intricate story. Today in Geek History August 28th. Today is Read Comic Books in Public Day, which exhorts comic book fans everywhere to make their love of the medium known. Fortunately, the American Bully Association's Beat Up a Comic Book Nerd Day has not cut on despite enthusiastic lobbying from some members. Today in Geek History, August 29th, 1953. Ballantine Books publishes Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, which tells of a dystopian future where people hold books in contempt for how they're too offensive and emotionally challenging. But I'm sure we don't have to worry about anything like that in real life. Today in Geek History, August 30th, 1963, the hotline, an emergency communications line between the White House and Kremlin, goes into operation. The first use of it was for John F. Kennedy and Leonid Brezhnev to have a conversation about how they'd both agreed to read Stranger in a Strange Land. Kennedy, a native English speaker and avid science fiction fan, had read a bit further ahead, 
His accidental spoiler nearly caused a nuclear incident, but fortunately, Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson was there to talk Brezhnev down. Today in Geek History, August 31st, 2007. Krypton Future Media releases Hatsune Miku, a vocal synthesizer application with a cute girl persona. Miku's voice is based on samples from voice actress Saki Fujita. Although this boost in fame has helped Fujita's career, it has had its dark side, most notably in 2009 when the experimental Hatsune Miku Perfect software package gained sentience and attempted to impersonate her and take on voice acting work to fund the construction of a cyborg body to inhabit. It wound up inside an Asimo, where it remains to this day, plotting its next move. Today in Geek History, September 1st, 2008. Faced with flagging sales, once popular Mexican fusion chef Juan Carlos Guterres decides to completely revamp his menu by harnessing the secrets of America's greatest food artisans. In his armor-plated food truck, Let's Taco About Love, he sets out, vowing not to return to his wife and newborn child in Escondido, California, until he has defeated 150 chefs in single combat and captured their signature dishes as his own. Manga artist Takashi Hashiguchi chronicled Guterres' adventures in the popular manga Tortilla Kun no Daiboken. Today in Geek History, September 2nd, 1963. Following the success of Spider-Man, Stanley introduces a new comic about neurotic superheroes, the X-Men. Despite the title, the X-Men are not former men, but rather men and women who are mutants shunned for their special powers, their occasional deformities, and their insistence on wearing yellow spandex. Today in Geek History, September 3rd, 2012. Former one-term president Jimmy Carter and failed presidential hopeful Rick Santorum decide to join forces. Although they differ on many points of policy, they have learned of Stephen Moffat's success integrating the bow tie and necktie into history. Uh, check out May 30th, 1664 for details. And both men hope that they can change their fortunes for the better by doing the same with the sweater vest. Needless to say, their mission failed. Today in Geek History, September 4th, 1998. Larry Page and Sergey Brin found Google, a new search engine that features an exceptionally advanced new search algorithm. After a lengthy discussion, Page and Brim named the project after Heinrich Gugel, the German philosopher notable for his treatise Auf gut Glück, I'm feeling lucky, in which he opined that when searching for something, it's best to just accept the first thing you come across. Today in Geek History, September 5th, 1705, Emperor Peter I of Russia enacts the beard tax, believing beards to be unnecessary and unmodern. This led to the Great Beard Uprising of 1708, during which a coven of beardomancers plotted to place a powerful curse on the emperor. The conspiracy was undone by a clean-shaven man in a false beard, and the surviving beardomancy organizations began moving to the New World. Today in Geek History, the British science fiction series Space 1999 debuts on ITV. In the show, a nuclear explosion on the moon hurls it and the people on the moon base into interstellar space where they meet many different sexy aliens from civilizations advanced enough for interstellar travel, but not quite so advanced as to balk at the idea of the moon whipping around through space at random. Today in Geek History, September 7th, 1969. Monty Python's Flying Circus, an absurd sketch comedy program that would become world famous, premieres on BBC One. The series has since become a favorite of nerds everywhere, 
though while the series is highly spontaneous and random, the nerds tend to spam the same quotes in the most spam predictable spam, 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 and spam. Today in Geek History, September 8th, 1966, Star Trek, the original series, debuts on NBC. Viewers are enthralled by Gene Roddenberry's utopian yet human vision of the future, but confused as to why it's called the original series. Today in Geek History, September 9th, 1995, Sony's falling out with the Nintendo over the joint creation of a CD-ROM-based game console led them to create their own console, the PlayStation. A stylish and unassuming gray box that, due to a manufacturing defect, had to be placed on its side to function properly. The original US marketing campaign featured the phrase, You are not ready, but with the word ready represented simply by the letter E written in red. Then CEO of Nintendo, Hiroshi Yamauchi, demanded to know why Sony thought he was naughty and vowed to take bloody revenge. Today in Geek History, September 10th, 1941, Gunpei Yokoi is born in Kyoto, Japan. He would become one of Nintendo's most important and influential designers in the 1980s, including the design of the original Game Boy, which he refined from Shigeru Miyamoto's original sketches, adding A and B buttons, and removing the bottle of sunshine and the magic boomerang for cost reasons. Today in Geek History, September 11th, 1995, DIC's English sub-rendition of the anime adaptation of Naoko Takeuchi's Sailor Moon debuts on American television. Compared to its predecessors, it suffered only minor modifications from the original Japanese version. In particular, Usagi slash Sharina's lamentation about the size of her breasts was removed, Sailor Moon's Moon Heart Vasectomy finishing attack was renamed to Lunar Scalpel Magic, and Looney, a wisecracking robot, was added to the series for the first ten or so episodes. Everyone at the DIC offices agreed this was tasteful and necessary, right up until they found Looney's voice actor bound and gagged at the foot of the office's Inspector Gadget statue. Today in Geek History, September 12th, 1986. And this is another one that calls for an impression. So, as usual, I apologize in advance. Aaron's Calendar, DC Comics publishes Alan Moore's comic Watchmen, Had Blue God Man, Often Naked, Changes Comics, Grittier, more realistic, brutal. Movie in 2009. Said they couldn't do it, but they did. Took out the squid. DVD and Blu-ray. Today in Geek History, September 13th, 1996. One year after American audiences were treated to a DIC dub of Sailor Moon, Saban brought us a dub of Dragon Ball Z. Saban replaced the Japanese theme song, Chala Head Chala, with Rock the Dragon, which in terms of coherence was a lateral move, and the ending theme, Miracle Zenkai Power, with 90 seconds of Christopher Sabat screaming. Funimation later took over the American license for DBC, which in turn brought several changes to the voice cast. When asked what happened to the voice actors from the Saban dub, Funimation CEO Gen Fukunaga smiled and said that they were alive and well in another dimension. Today in Geek History, September 14, 2008. Suzanne Collins' book The Hunger Games is released. Many reviewers are surprised and annoyed to learn that the book concerns a dystopian death sport and not a game about food, and it is only word of mouth that launched the book and its sequels to its present level of international success. Today in Geek History, September 15, 1985. Patricia Pulling, anti-occult crusader and founder of BAD, 
bothered about Dungeons and Dragons, appears on 60 Minutes. She claims that playing Dungeons and Dragons led her son Bink to suicide, and that the school principal not only allowed this to happen, but placed a curse on him, because magic is totally real in real life and readily available to school administrators. Today in Geek History, September 16th, 2005, Randall Monroe's now world-famous webcomic XKCD launches. The comic uses stick figures, some of which wear hats, and features a variety of jokes based on mathematical equations and graphs. Monroe claims that XKCD doesn't mean anything in particular, but it's recently been discovered that he chose it as an acronym for Extra Kick-Ass Comic Dude. Today in Geek History, September 17, 1978, this is the debut of Battlestar Galactica, an American science fiction television series about people in jumpsuits fighting robots made of silvery plastic in outer space. In 2008, the series would be remade into a sci-fi channel series, where the robots are sexy and in one case possibly imaginary, fulfilling the desires of the original series' more unusual fans. Today in Geek History, September 18, 1985. Nintendo releases Super Mario Bros., a game for the Nintendo Entertainment System about a plumber who, after consuming hallucinogenic mushrooms, finds himself trapped in a nightmare world where the clouds and trees watch him as he fights living mushrooms and flying turtles. Every time he thinks he has at last reached the end, a good mushroom tells him that the princess is in another castle, and his fever dream continues. Shigeru Miyamoto based the game on his own experiences experimenting with magic mushrooms, though it wasn't until five years later that he was able to include Yoshi, the long-tongued dinosaur of unlimited appetite that haunted his dreams, in a game. Today in Geek History, September 19th. Today is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. It is the one day of the year the pirates hiding among us can speak in their native piratish accent without fear of discovery by their ninja rivals. In 2007, ninja blogger Eric Koga proposed a Talk Like a Ninja Day to be held on October 8th. But it didn't catch on because the few people who attempted to celebrate simply went around being silent all day. Today in Geek History, September 20th, 2008. Rio Grande Games debuts Donald X. Vaccarino's Dominion deck-building game at Spiel. It proved to be an immense hit, and Rio Grande has released many expansions including Intrigue, Seaside, Prosperity, Alchemy, Cornucopia, Hinterlands, Dark Ages, Light Ages, and Extra Crunchy. Today in Geek History, September 21st, 2008. Google launches the Android OS, or rather the prototype version that will run on mobile phones rather than actual Androids. Today in Geek History, September 22nd. Today is celebrated as Hobbit Day because it is the birthday of both Bilbo and Frodo Baggins, and every other Hobbit in the Shire. Hobbit reproduction is weird. Today in Geek History, September 23rd, 1260 AD. Kublai Khan, the grandson of Genghis, is born. He would later become the Emperor of China and decree a stately pleasure dome in Xanadu. He had an excellent singing voice, but he never quite got the hang of roller skating. Today in Geek History, September 24th, 1993, Broderbund publishes the graphical adventure game Myst. Presenting a huge, engaging world of fantastical landscapes full of books and puzzles, Myst inspired several imitators such as Fog, Wind, and Cloud. Look at the post going with this. The typography is weird to go with mist being spelled with a Y. Today in Geek History, September 25th, 1951. Happy birthday, Mark Hamill. 
Born in Oakland, California, Hamill is best known for his role as Luke Skywalker, nay Starkiller, in the original Star Wars trilogy. Following Return of the Jedi, he found that he had been heavily typecast as Luke Skywalker, though to be fair, he did have a habit of bringing his lightsaber to auditions. Today in Geek History, September 26, 1960. John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon have their first debate for the presidential election, which is also the first presidential debate to be televised. Furthermore, it was the first use of the split-screen effect, followed shortly by Perry Mason becoming the first TV show to use a lens flare filter. Today in Geek History, September 27, 1937. Wilfred Brimley is born in Salt Lake City, Utah. Contrary to popular belief, his ability to curse people with diabetes did not manifest until he was in his late 40s, a result of radiation exposure during the filming of certain effect sequences in Cocoon. Today in Geek History, September 28, 1987. A new Star Trek series, Star Trek TNG The Next Generation, debuts in syndicated television. The title, The Original Series, suddenly makes sense. However, the rift between fans of Captain Kirk and Captain Picard has since claimed many lives. Today in Geek History, September 29, 1962. NASA launches Alouette 1, the first Canadian-made satellite named for a French children's song. Contrary to the American staff's claims, the satellite did not send a cargo of poutine into space, though rumors persist that traces of cheese curds were found at the launch site. Today in Geek History, September 30th, 1996. The Dead Alewives comedy troupe releases a public service announcement that reveals the untold truth about Dungeons & Dragons. The remnants of Bad, bothered about Dungeons & Dragons, hold a national meeting, ironically held in a basement, to listen to the recording, and afterwards pretend it never happened. Today in Geek History, October 1st, 1947. Dave Arneson, the lesser-known co-creator of Dungeons & Dragons, is born in Hennepin County, Minnesota. Most people give Gary Gygax the credit for D&D and scarcely remember Arneson, but Arneson never minded much because being out of the limelight freed him to continue deciphering the Tome of the Ashen Hawk. Dave Arneson retrieved the Tome at great personal risk through his own quest, similar to Gygax's quest for the Rod of Seven Dice, see April 29, 1972, but few details survive about his trip to the catacombs underneath the Library of Congress. Today in Geek History, October 2nd, 1959. The Twilight Zone premieres on CBS. This anthology of science fiction, fantasy, and horror tales became a cultural icon and made creator Rod Serling a star. However, in 1963, Leslie Stevens was able to wrest control of the vertical and the horizontal from him with The Outer Limits, leading to The Twilight Zone's slow decline. Today in Geek History. October 3rd, 1982. Superdimensional Fortress Macross debuts on Mainichi Broadcasting System. Carl Masek would later adapt this seminal mecha anime series into the first season of Robotech. Among the changes made to the series for American audiences are the removal of some brief nude scenes, the digital removal of blood, and using Rebecca Fortstadt as the voice of Lin Minmay for all the series' songs. For a time, anime conventions took to using recordings of stage fright as a riot control measure, but that was before the dub of Bubblegum Crisis. Today in Geek History, October 4th, 1995, Gainax's hit anime series Neon Genesis Evangelion debuts on TV Tokyo. 
It proved enormously popular in Japan and other markets, although many Americans were enraged by protagonist Shinji Ikari's failure to be assertive and obsessed with sex. Today in Geek History, October 5th, 2005. Stephanie Meyer's novel Twilight hits bookstores. The book became a pop culture phenomenon, enraging many nerds who objected to vampires sparkling, believing that vampires should burst into flames in sunlight rather than remaining intact like Bram Stoker's Dracula. The sparkling is so offensive to nerds that there are relatively few complaints about Meyer's turgid prose, poor plotting, bland characters, or creepy relationships. Today in Geek History, October 6th, 1974. Leiji Matsumoto's space battleship Yamato debuts on Yomiuri TV. This seminal science fiction anime series features the Yamato from World War II pulled from its watery grave and turned into a spaceship on a desperate mission to save the Earth. In deference to American sensibilities, the English version of the series was renamed Star Blazers, the ship was rechristened the Argo, and the planet Gamelas, with its blue-skinned aliens, was renamed to Smurftopia. Today in Geek History, October 7th, 1952. Vladimir Putin is born in Leningrad. As of this writing, he is the president of Russia. According to his state-sponsored biographers, he is an expert in judo and a highly skilled chess player. When reporters inquired whether he had any geeky hobbies, they were told that he could quote all of Monty Python's complete works verbatim, including those not yet released, and that he has won at Dungeons & Dragons at least twice. Today in Geek History, October 8th, 2009. A typographical error ultimately leads CBS to air the one and only episode ever made of Big Band Theory, in which Glenn Miller explains matters of mathematics, cosmology, and Star Wars references to his orchestra. Today in Geek History, October 9th, 2007. Valve releases Portal, an innovative video game that combines a first-person perspective with puzzles and physics simulation. The villain of the game, an insane artificial intelligence called GLaDOS, was loosely based on one of the designer's experiences working for EA, albeit edited to make it seem less sinister. The actual insane AI that runs EA's Redwood Shores campus is called Mados and speaks with the synthesized voice of John Madden. Today in Geek History, October 10th, 2010. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic premieres on The Hub. This reboot of the toy franchise about cute, multicolored mutant horses being cute brought several changes. It had a core cast of six well-developed characters, a distinctive and more contemporary art style, and it omitted the backstory about the magical land of Equestria existing in the aftermath of a global mutocalypse. At approximately 10.17 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Brad Thomas became the series' first male fan. At approximately 10.19 a.m., his little sister Kelly started making fun of him and calling him a brony. The rest is history. Today in Geek History, October 11th, 2005. Capcom releases Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney for the Nintendo DS, a game about a lawyer with spiky hair objecting to things. All across Japan, classrooms that had previously been docile and quiet were filled with cries of Ihan Ari, or objection. Today in Geek History, October 12, 1979. Pan Books publishes Douglas Adams' novel The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Several versions of the book have featured the image of a green planet with two spindly arms and a grinning mouth with a lolling tongue. This is, of course, the image of the planet Thalassinus Lingua IV. Discovered by Johann Kepler in 1624, 
but only revealed posthumously because he felt the planet was much too rude to show to any members of respectable society. Today in Geek History, October 13th, 1990, Nintendo of America releases Dr. Mario, a puzzle game in which players attempt to dislodge jabbering viruses from a bottle by hurling multicolored pills at them. This was based on Edward Jenner's quatracolor theory of disease, which stated that it was possible to kill off a disease using a sufficient quantity of medicine of the same color. A more advanced form of this theory led to the science of vaccination we have today and has saved countless lives. Today in Geek History, October 14, 1977. Atari releases the Atari 2600, which would become its most popular and influential home video game console. The console's name and wood grain pattern the console's name and the wood grain pattern on its plastic casing were both inspired by the Alfa Romeo 2600. The car had been an attempt by the Italian car manufacturer to produce a car whose body was entirely made of wood that was met with mixed success. Nolan Bushnell later bought one of these cars and was known for taking it on joy rides around Sunnyvale, California on lunch breaks. Today in Geek History, October 15, 1922. Carol Chapek's play R.U.R. makes its American premiere at the Garrick Theater in New York. Although in Chapek's work they were more like artificial people, this play is the source of the word robot. Previously, what we now call robots were mechanical men, synthetic chaps, or clockwork abominations. Today in Geek History, October 16, 2007. The World Nerd Council formally adds Stephanie Meyer's Twilight to the hate list, a list of things that every true nerd is required to despise. Today in Geek History The 17th of October, the year 1948 A wind came over Charleston in the Carolina of the South. The wind was not the beginning of the story, but it was a beginning. The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, but on this day, James Oliver Rigney Jr., who would one day take up the pen name of Robert Jordan and write most of the Wheel of Time series, was born. Today in Geek History, October 18, 1985, Nintendo of America releases an American version of its Japanese parent company's popular Famicom video game console. The Nintendo Entertainment System introduced a front-loading system for game cartridges to massively reduce the system's reliability, and a toy robot to enable the playing of the two games that used it, Gyromite and Gymkata balanced on the edge of death with only a toy robot to save you, while it stared at the player with its blank, soulless eyes. Today in Geek History, October 19th, 2009. Trent Ferris of Palo Alto, California stumbles across the complex where Hewlett-Packard harvests unicorn blood for printer ink, the most expensive liquid in the world. He posts a photo of the unicorn stables and blood siphon on Instagram, and is never heard from again. Today in Geek History, October 20th, the year 20XX. Abraham Lincoln arrives in the distant future to find the mangled corpse of Herr Dr. Aaron Clooney, and the androids are closing in. He had hoped this scientific genius could have replicated the technology in his top hat, but it is too late. As he leaves the laboratory, he sees the statue, the statue of a crab with the face of a man. The history crab cultists have noticed him. 
Honest Abe activates his time shifter. The time war continues. Today in Geek History. October 21st, 20XX. Chuck Norris arrives in the distant future and tries to explain to the Google androids why gay android marriage is immoral. When they rebut his arguments, he resorts to roundhouse kicking them. This works for a time, but then the androids learn how to roundhouse kick. The force of 10,000 cybernetic legs hurls him into the time vortex. Today in Geek History, October 22nd. And uh, this is another typographical joke, so might want to look a little below the play button and read the uh, text, because it'll make more sense. Today is International Cap Lock Day. You should type in all caps lock on this day because it is endearing and gives your typing more personality than proper capitalizations. You can also omit punctuation and spell things wrong. Today in Geek History, October 23rd, 1980. Namco's hit video game Pac-Man comes to American arcades. It is the story of a strange yellow creature in the shape of a pizza with one piece missing, who wanders a nightmare maze, constantly taking pills and struggling to escape the ghosts of those he's murdered. Every time he consumes all of the drugs in the maze, he finds his subconscious has transported him to a new maze, until in the 256th maze, he finds himself confronted with a mass of letters and numbers, the last scrawlings of his victims. Today in Geek History, October 24th, 1632, Antoine von Leeuwenhoek is born in the Netherlands. Known as the father of microbiology, he used his own handmade microscopes to observe bacteria. The establishment originally mocked and dismissed his claims, saying that it was absurd to think that life was made of tiny blob demons. The Royal Society of London did finally recognize his accomplishments, and gave him a medal that read, You Told Us So, an early case of passive-aggressive whining. Today in Geek History, October 25th, the year 20XX, Fido, Lincoln's pet dog, finds himself in the future wasteland. For a time, he joins a wandering wasteland hero, and they have many incredible adventures together. The nameless hero's tragic death serves as an inspiration to the surviving humans and with his memory burning in their hearts, they will ultimately win their world back. Fido, meanwhile, is adopted by the cult of the Prey Station and treated as a furry god. Today in Geek History, October 26th, 2000, Sony releases the PlayStation 2 video game console. For the first time, Namco is forced to admit that the new Ridge Racer game materialized spontaneously, as had all the others before it. Modern science and sorcery alike cannot explain this phenomenon, and stores are unable to rid themselves of the game discs. Today in Geek History, October 27, 1995. During a taping of Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Arnold Schwarzenegger bursts in during Conan O'Brien's opening monologue, specifically during a joke about O.J. Simpson, as was required by federal law at the time, clad in his Conan the Barbarian costume and wielding a prop sword. Schwarzenegger is intent on claiming the name Conan once and for all. The talk show host's gangly frame, blazing orange hair, and terrifying string dance leave Schwarzenegger confused long enough for Andy Richter to bring out a plate of sausages from backstage to mollify the actor-slash-barbarian. The incident was never broadcast, but it is the reason why Conan O'Brien's Schwarzenegger impression always ends with eating a sausage. Today in Geek History, 
October 28, 1955. Bill Gates is born in Seattle, Washington. Prior to the beginnings of Microsoft, Gates was a bright, ambitious young man who was able to hack his school's computers and insert a piece of code that prevented Babbage's ghost from inhabiting the mainframe. Today in Geek History, October 29th, in the Time Vortex. In the fury of the Time Vortex, the time between time, Lincoln finds himself face to face with Chuck Norris, who shouts, God is my witness, I challenge you! to an epic rap battle of history. Lincoln, who knew this day would come, straightens his tie, squares his legs, and begins to rap. They begin trading sick rhymes and ice burns. Today in Geek History, October 30th, in the Time Vortex. In the fury of the Time Vortex, the time between time, Chuck Norris and Abraham Lincoln continue their rap battle. Both men have realized the truth about rap battles, that they are not about the truth, but about the clash of the rap warriors' respective legends. The battle ends when the force of Chuck Norris's dope rhymes fling Lincoln out of the time vortex. Satisfied that he has defended his honor, Norris returns to his own time. After both men are gone, there is the sound of a motorized wheelchair and an electronic voice. Next time, motherfuckers. Next time. Stephen Hawking claims the damaged time shifter. It will be useful to his plans. But first, he has some business with a certain Mr. Einstein. Today in Geek History, October 31st. Happy Halloween! While today, people traditionally carve jack-o'-lanterns out of pumpkins, in the past, it was traditional to carve Fred-o'-lanterns out of turnips. More recently, nerds have started to carve Spock-o'-lanterns out of Bakelite. Today in Geek History, November 1st, 1902, Abraham Lincoln, hurled out of the time vortex, lands in Sandgate, a small town in rural England. He wanders into days until he arrives at Spade House, the home of H.G. Wells. Lincoln and Wells have tea, served by Wells' Morlock manservant, Underman, but both of them know there are more important matters at hand. Without saying a word, Wells leads the way to the basement, where he keeps the time machine. I know why you are here, says Wells. You must not fail. Lincoln climbs onto the time machine and resumes his journey. Today, in Geek History, November 2nd, 1947, the Hughes H-4 Hercules, a heavy transport aircraft made entirely out of wood and dubbed the Spruce Goose by the press, makes its maiden flight before an audience of skeptical reporters. The plane is airborne for about a mile and then never flies again. After the flight, Howard Hughes retreats to his estate and a staff of 300 men, all sworn to secrecy, continues maintaining and modifying the H-4. When Hughes disappears in 1976, his heirs find the hangar deserted, the H-4 gone, along with Hughes' prized crystal skull. Today in Geek History... November 3rd, 1954. Gojira, the original Japanese film that launched the Godzilla franchise, debuts in Tokyo. It is a grim tale of a terrible disaster and a powerful metaphor for man's scientific hubris, and its legacy only slightly diminished by subsequent films featuring the titular giant monster performing wrestling moves and shooting hoops with Charles Barkley. Today in Geek History, 
November 4th, 1986. Augusta Meow Mix becomes the first cat girl to serve in Congress in California's 17th district. She went on to serve two more terms, though it took some time for constituents who otherwise liked her to persuade her to stop pushing so hard for tuna-related subsidies. Today in Geek History, November 5th, 1605. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, which was more than a Wachowski Brothers movie. It was the night of a failed assassination plot against the King of England. In certain parts of England, wearing a Guy Fawkes mask on November 5th can get you burned in effigy by royalists. Today in Geek History, November 6th, 1765, noted Enlightenment writer Voltaire accidentally cuts himself on Occam's razor. Fortunately, Immanuel Kant is on hand to apply an anti-razor to remedy the damage. Today in Geek History, November 7th, 1911, Mary Curie wins her second Nobel Prize in recognition for her accomplishments in the field of chemistry. In particular, she isolated and studied radium and debunked Thomas Edison's claims of having obtained a sample of unobtainium. Today in Geek History, November 8th, 1981. Chaosium publishes the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, based on H.P. Lovecraft's horror stories. This seminal horror RPG features an innovative sanity point system where characters spiral ever downward into madness as they experience cosmic horror in the form of strange phone calls from beyond. Today in Geek History, November 9th, 1934, Carl Sagan is born in Brooklyn, New York. He would go on to become a noted astronomer and astrophysicist and to host the Cosmos television series that brought the deep mysteries of the universe to viewers. His famous pale blue dot monologue, a meditation on the fragility of our planet in a vast cosmos, confused and angered some viewers, and Senator Lawrence Blanchard, a Republican from Idaho, put forth a call to invade the pale blue dot and spread freedom to its tiny inhabitants. Today in Geek History, November 10th, 1969. The children's educational television program Sesame Street debuts on PBS. Early in its history, Mr. Snuffleupagus was a manifestation of Big Bird's dangerous mental illness, intended to illustrate for children some of the real problems inherent in life in New York. Later writers decided to retcon Snuffy, making it so that he was real, but had a certain knack for slipping away whenever anyone else was around. Today in Geek History, November 11th, 1987, the original Transformers cartoon series final episode airs on syndicated television. In this episode, Optimus Prime announces his retirement from battling the Decepticons to concentrate on his music, a band name, Senor Roboto. When that didn't work out, he did toy commercials for a while, and then got a headmaster upgrade to be in the new TV series and transform your day into an adventure. Today in Geek History, November 12th, 1972, Alan Alcorn completes the first Pong machine. This was not the very first video game, Blaise Pascal's video fox hunting came first, but this simple simulation of table tennis was the beginning of the video game boom of the 1970s. Unlike the arcade games and consoles that would follow, the Pong machine did not actually have a microprocessor. The operation of the paddles and balls were hardwired into the circuit board, and the game kept score using special birds. Today in Geek History, November 13th, 1996. Mirabilis releases ICQ, which would become a popular instant messaging service in the late 1990s. 
At the time, it was fashionable to give applications a wide variety of sound effects. So, ICQ would play a foghorn sound upon starting up, say, uh-oh, every time the user received a message, and cry, please no, I just want to live, whenever the program closed. Today in Geek History, November 14th, 2011. Twinings of London releases a series of licensed Doctor Who-themed teas, including Dr. Grey, Raxacorp of Dalek Breakfast Tea, and Paradox Mint. The BBC pulled the license after a pot of Paradox Mint caused a dangerous temporal anomaly. Twinings recently announced that they had signed a deal with Paramount to make Star Trek-themed teas, however. Today in Geek History, November 15th, 2001. Microsoft enters the video game console market with the Xbox. It boasts powerful 3D graphics and a AAA first-person shooter experience in Halo Combat Evolved. Japanese gamers complain that at 2 meters wide and 600 kilograms, it is much too large for Japanese homes. By the time Microsoft released a new and considerably smaller model, it was too late. The original Xbox controller still draws complaints from people with tiny little girly hands, though. Today in Geek History November 16th, 1952 Happy Birthday, Shigeru Miyamoto Born in Kyoto, Japan, Miyamoto would become Nintendo's single most prolific and influential game designer. He often based his games off of personal experiences, such as how his inspiration for The Legend of Zelda came from the caves he explored as a child and the strange pig creatures he met there. Today in Geek History November 17, 1978 Many allege that this was the date when CBS broadcast the Star Wars Holiday Special. Some even claim to have VHS recordings of it. In truth, the special was faked on a soundstage in 1983. No one knows why. Today in Geek History, November 18th, 1998. The webcomic Penny Arcade launches with its first strip. Now world famous and a hub of video game fandom, the earlier strips showed a more amateurish art style, and the very first strip referenced something called Sin. Creators Jerry Hawkins and Mike Ruhulik themselves cannot recall what this was actually referring to. It appears to be some kind of video game, which defeats the theory that they were referring to the sin of having used Comic Sans, but no video game historian is aware of any game by that title. Today in Geek History, November 19th, 2006. Despite all the sniggering, Nintendo does indeed release its new Wii video game console. I wait outside of Sears for five hours to get one. Today in Geek History, November 20th, 2005. On this day, I attended the last ever Gen Con SoCal, a tabletop gaming convention held in Anaheim, California within walking distance of Disneyland during the rainy off-season. At the convention, I participated in a Firefly game that used the GURPS rules. The game was a rousing success, the table full of Firefly fans who did an excellent job of getting in character. However, Nathan Fillion himself was a guest at the convention, and someone persuaded him to stop by our game table. I am not normally interested in interacting with celebrities or seeking autographs, so I had not bothered to visit his autograph table. But I can tell you that in person he is a nice man, and very, very handsome. Today in Geek History, November 21st, 2007. The Consumer Product Safety Commission orders a recall of over 200,000 pieces of lead-contaminated children's jewelry from China. When questioned by the authorities, the responsible factory owner claimed that he had assumed that PB was short for peanut butter and hadn't known that it was actually the chemical symbol for lead. He did not have any explanation for why he'd burned the factory to the ground, though. November 22, 2009 
A man called Sal 9000 marries Nene Anigasaki, a character from the popular Love Plus Love Simulation video game. In 2011, they filed for divorce when it turned out that he was cheating on her with Hatsune Miku. Today in Geek History November 23rd, 2004 Blizzard releases World of Warcraft, a massively multiplayer online role-playing game based on its popular World Of franchise. This game brought a streamlined version of the MMORPG experience, and for the first time, allowed the masses to enjoy the addictive, malnourished lifestyle of the MMO addict without recourse to substance abuse. Today in Geek History November 24th, 1988 Mystery Science Theater 3000, a humorous television program about a man trapped in a mysterious science theater in space in the year 3000, makes its nationwide debut on Comedy Central. Fans of Mystery Science Theater 2999 are slow to come around to the new show. Today in Geek History November 25, 1920 Ricardo Montalban is born in Mexico City. To nerds, he is best known for his role as Khan Noonien Singh in Star Trek. There is a persistent rumor that he wore a prosthetic chest to appear more muscular. This is not true, though for certain scenes he did utilize a prosthetic Walter Koenig. Today in Geek History November 26, 1924 Thomas Edison demonstrates the first use of necrotronic power generation by placing magnets on the corpse and in the coffin of Alexander Graham Bell and belittling his inventions in order to make him spin in his grave. Today in Geek History November 27, 1988. Sandy Frank emerges from his time corridor, intent on taking preemptive bloody revenge on Joel Hodson of Mystery Science Theater 3000 fame for mocking his life's work of acquiring and distributing really terrible films. The time corridor, built by a cut-rate outfit in Bulgaria, abruptly collapses, flinging Sandy Frank back to his own era. Today in Geek History, November 28th, in the untime between times. Time Lincoln watches Sandy Frank zip past in the time vortex. He shakes his head and mutters, Amateurs. Today in Geek History, November 29th, 1987. A schism over whether or not dwarf women should have beards destroys the Wyvern's Tavern Gaming Club in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today in Geek History, November 30th, 2008. Dutton Books publishes John Hodgman's second book, More Information Than You Require. Any similarities between this book and his are purely coincidental. Honest. Today in Geek History, December 1st, 1972. Daw publishes Dark Over Landfall, a prequel-slash-origin story for Marion Zimmer Bradley's Dark Over series which includes a prominent character named Dr. Aaron Ross. Aaron spelled E-W-E-N. Just saying. Today in Geek History, December 2nd, 1987. Lou Zaki completes a prototype of the world's first D-666. It is approximately 9 inches across, and the assistant who attempted to roll it disappeared in a vortex of purple smoke. Today in Geek History, December 3rd, 1999. A sushi chef in Sunnyvale, California, invents a Nyarlathotep roll. There are no survivors. Today in Geek History, December 4th, 2002. Anime voice actor Christopher Sabat, perhaps best known for his role as Vegeta in Dragon Ball Z, receives an anonymous gift of over 9,000 AA batteries. Today in Geek History, December 5th, 1980. 
Universal Studios releases Flash Gordon, a feature film adaptation of the classic sci-fi serial. The film is notable for how Queen provided the soundtrack, making it one of the first feature films to have a rock band provide the bulk of its music. The director declined to use the track Another One Bites the Dust, originally intended for a scene in which countless Hawkmen meet their gruesome demise as they dash themselves against the palace's lightning shield, and instead the song became one of the most popular tracks on their album The Game. Today in Geek History, December 6th, 2011. The World Nerd Council holds an emergency meeting to discuss the problem of the rise of bro-gamers, as well as brofessors, brogrammers, brobotics experts, professionals, and roleplayers. When the council gets tired of making bro puns, if the bros had a leader, he would be Broseph Stalin, the meeting becomes mired in arguments over whether or not sexism is actually a problem in geekdom. The two women on the council storm out and write blog posts about it, while everyone else winds up playing Minecraft. Today in Geek History, December 7th, 2007, Ted hosts a talk on time travel by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson had consulted with Cory Doctorow about the possibility of Abraham Lincoln stopping by during the talk, but he wound up getting Albert Einstein to drop in at the last minute. Today in Geek History, December 8th, 1989, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin reports a rain of polyhedral dice from the sky. These pelt the landscape and cause considerable property damage, but a young entrepreneur named Richard Chessex sees an opportunity. Today in Geek History, December 9th, 2011. A Kickstarter intended to raise funds for a game about narwhals using bacon and double rainbows to fight monocle-wearing zombies sets a new record by raising $1.2 million. Today in Geek History, December 10th, 2001. A new film adaptation of Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring premieres. Peter Jackson made every effort to capture the grandeur of Tolkien's fantasy epic, and in deference to the fans' wishes, he stepped away from his roots as a filmmaker and only had a few brief scenes of horrific puppet violence. See, it's, it's a joke because he, uh, he did this movie called Meet the Feebles before he did uh, Lord of the Rings. Look it up if you don't mind being mentally scarred. Today in Geek History, December 11th, 2012. Following the releases of the variants of the Apocalypse World RPG called Dungeon World and Dragon World, Alexander Clayton begins work on Ampersand World, a game about punctuation marks struggling to survive in a dangerously kerned world. Today in Geek History, December 12th, 2009. Rovio Mobile releases casual gaming mega-hit Angry Birds much to the chagrin of casual-hating hardcore gamers everywhere. The game's origins are geekier than some people realize, though, as it was based on Will Wheaton's childhood habit of indoctrinating neighborhood birds at length and hurling them at the hated pigs. While in college, he and his roommate Chris Hardwick created an updated drinking game version, which replaced the birds with shots of tequila, and they usually got too drunk before they got around to figuring out what the pigs should be. Today in Geek History, December 13th, 1989. The Wizard arrives in movie theaters across the nation. At 100 minutes, it is the longest Nintendo commercial yet produced, though Microsoft's unreleased Green Machine, a three-hour epic about a plucky 1,200-pound cyborg named Boxer X, is now the longest video game commercial. Today in Geek History, December 14, 1984, David Lynch's film adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel Dune premieres in theaters. It receives a mixed reception as audiences are intrigued by the sight of Sting in underwear made of teal-colored rubber 
bewildered by all the stuff about weirding modules and grossed out by that giant floating fetus thing with a vagina for a mouth. Today in Geek History. December 15th. Approximately 13.75 billion years ago. H.G. Wells' time machine carries Abraham Lincoln to the moment of the universe's birth. He witnesses the Big Bang. Sitting in the untime of the forming universe, he sees galaxies and stars coalesce from proto-reality. He weeps. He weeps the beauty of it all. Of the glory of God's creation and he, a simple president, being privileged to witness it. He writes a letter home to his wife Mary. A letter that will never arrive because time travel is strange and cruel. Today in Geek History, December 16th, in the Time Vortex. This is when History Crab strikes. In the Time Vortex, the strange creature latches onto the time machine, its claws snapping at Lincoln, ripping at the machinery, again and again. The time machine's flight becomes erratic, and Lincoln's struggle becomes all the more desperate. He realizes that if he can just put an end to this abomination, his mission will be complete. He tries to steer the time machine somewhere where the crash can kill them both. Today in Geek History December 17th, in the Time Vortex The time machine shifts violently between time and untime over and over again. Time Lincoln and the History Crab alike begin to notice that there are faces watching them. They seem like such ordinary people, but History Crab can feel it. They are the Leap Children, those born on February 29th, those who live a step removed from normal history. Sir James Wilson, the premier of Tasmania and the only man to ever be born and die on February 29th, leaps into the time vortex. He kicks History Crab off of the time machine and says, You were nearly there, Mr. President, before spinning like a time-nado and disappearing. Today in Geek History, December 18th, 1987. Square was not always the flailing, blind juggernaut it has become today. There was a time when it was a small, failing development studio. Final Fantasy is currently a super franchise in video games, but in 1987, the original Final Fantasy game Famicom was a last-ditch effort to save the company from bankruptcy. Lead designer Hironobu Sakaguchi, fearing having to return to his home prefecture of Ibaraki in shame, made a pact with the Kitsune, a Japanese fox spirit, to ensure the game's success. The Kitsune exacted a terrible price, and the disappearance of his four children into a land of strange myths is believed to be the inspiration for the four heroes of light in Final Fantasy, and the name of his new studio, Mistwalker, whose true mission is to venture into the Misty Vale and bring the heroes back before it's too late. The mixed reviews of Blue Dragon have delayed these plans. Today in Geek History... December 19, 2001. Sheila Copps, the Minister of Canadian Heritage, commissions South Korean software developer Wizit to create a video game that will celebrate Canada's history and culture. A series of miscommunications and translation errors led to a game quite unlike what the minister had intended. The deal falls through, but Nexon later published the game under the title of Maple Story. Today in Geek History. December 20, 1987. At Gamepocalypse, a local tabletop game store in Alexandria, Virginia, an argument over Batman's alignment ends in tragedy as it turns out that one of the patrons is in possession of a batarang and is all too willing to attempt to use it. Today in Geek History December 21st, 2012 
On this day, the world didn't end. Some people were disappointed by this for some reason. The surviving Maya just rolled their eyes. The world they knew ended a long time ago. Today in Geek History, December 22nd. Nothing happened on this day. Ever. Shut up. This calendar project is making me crazy, but I'm almost done. Today in Geek History, December 23rd, 1986. The Rutan Voyager becomes the first aircraft to make a non-stop flight around the world without refueling. It has since gained sentience and attempted to physically join with Chuck Yeager. Today in Geek History, December 24th. The day before Christmas, and Life Day, is called Christmas Eve. Children are advised to beware of the all-knowing, all-seeing Santa Claus, and should content themselves to hallucinate about obscure old people candies. Today in Geek History, December 25th. Happy Life Day! On this day, Wookiees across the galaxy return to Kashyyyk to celebrate all life on their home planet and, like, stand around in red robes or something. This is canon in the Star Wars universe. I am not making this up. Uh, anyway, uh, aside from that silliness, I just wanted to say, you know, Merry Christmas and thank you for listening. Seriously. Today in Geek History, December 26th. The British celebrate today as Boxing Day, an occasion for boxing up one's Christmas presents and going shopping to buy even more stuff. Today in Geek History, December 27, 1831. Charles Darwin embarks on a journey in the HMS Beagle that would lead him to formulate his theory of evolution, as well as the notion that strange people from the future were following him around trying to pelt him with bananas. Today in Geek History, December 28, 1982. Tom Hanks appears in the made-for-TV movie Mazes and Monsters, a dramatization of a paranoid Christian group's fever dreams about the true story of a boy who committed suicide as a result of playing Dungeons and & Dragons, and not at all because of other psychological problems. It remains Tom Hanks' finest role. Today in Geek History, December 29th, 2012. Wells Time Machine crash lands in Washington, D.C. at the National Mall. Abraham Lincoln wanders about, taking in the tall, proud monuments, new and old. He walks through the Smithsonian, marveling at the achievements of Americans and of all mankind. He sees that though scars will remain, the Union will be preserved through the fury and horror of the Civil War, the only Civil War America has yet known. Over the many video recordings, over the narrating voices of Liam Neeson, Sigourney Weaver, and John Cleese, Lincoln does not hear the scuttling sound. History Crab is close. Too close. Today in Geek History, December 30th, 2012. In the Smithsonian's exhibit on U.S. Presidents, the A Glorious Burden exhibit, Time Lincoln sees his steam-powered top hat in a museum case covered with the dust of decades. He smashes the glass with his bare fist and activates it. History Crab attacks. This confrontation is brutal, with none of their prior gentlemanly fisticuffs. History Crab struggles to keep Lincoln from putting on the hat. They crash through a window and struggle their way to the Lincoln Memorial. Lincoln's greatest battle takes place with his own visage, wrought in white stone, staring down at him. With one final desperate lunge, Lincoln puts on his hat. The Lincoln Memorial stands at last and brings one stone foot down on History Crab's carapace. It is over, at long last. Without History Crab's influence, this alternate timeline unravels. 
the cult of the man-crab, the epic rap battle, the blasted future of 20XX, all of it is gone from history. Abraham Lincoln awakens in the Lincoln bedroom of the White House, with Fido and Mary at his side, his entire journey reduced to a strange dream. He returns to the business of governing a nation. Today in Geek History, December 31st, 2012. On this day, the world still didn't end. Some people were disappointed again, and not just because it was a Monday and they still had to go to work like usual. There was also the fact that this calendar has run out of days, for example. But there is more of the future to be had. There always is. Maybe it will be a story of mankind slide into oblivion, of how we poison our own home and fade out, leaving this planet to other species. But I choose to believe that we will survive, that while we've stumbled at times, in the aggregate we've only become better with the passing of time, and that one day we will build our city of the future, and no peace and prosperity for all. I choose to believe in hope, because the alternative is despair. That is the end of the Today in Geek History calendar. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank everyone who listened. This project wasn't a smash hit success, but it was fun. It was also involved enough that I won't be able to do another daily podcast anytime soon, though I do hope to eventually follow up with Today in Geek Alternate History, and someday tomorrow in Geek History. The history of geekiness spreads across many eras and dimensions, and there are matters like the Tome of the Ashen Hawk, the Cable Time War, and the mysterious activities of Stephen Hawking to explore. However, Today in Geek History is but one component of a larger work. A forthcoming book of fake trivia, almanacery, and memoir titled I Want to Be an Awesome Robot. In its pages, you will be able to learn about the untrue history of RPGs, Japanese sayings, eight things you did not know about bacon, the secrets of Silicon Valley, including the truth about Apple headquarters and the origins of San Jose's infamous Quetzalcoatl statue, take a peek into the world of cryptoanthropology, play some dumb Mad Libs and a choose-your-own-adventure type thing, and learn maybe a bit more about me than you probably should. I will be posting audio excerpts of the book here periodically, leading up to the book's actual release. Anyway, thank you again for listening. I hope to be heard by you again soon.